Hello and welcome to The Wide Debate with my friend and colleague, Callum Roy. And Hello Martin. there. What are we doing this week? This week, we have been reading The One Thing by Gary Keller. Um, and uh, I'll show it on screen for our visual audience. There we go. Nice cover. I uh, actually think there's a point in this book where um, he says that the design of the book was made to be a visual trigger for people who uh, need reminding about their one thing. We'll get into the one thing in just a minute. And uh, so if you put it on the end of your desk, you'll keep seeing the one thing and it will remind you, hmm, what is ah. my one thing? What am I doing right now? Am I working on my one thing? Pretty cool, yeah. that, I think. And this guy used this principle, allegedly, and was able to grow allegedly the biggest property uh, company in the whole of the united states so he says it is whether it is or not why are you saying allegedly yeah i don't i don't have as much background on this author as i normally have on the other authors i haven't really researched him that much i know he's in real estate or was in real estate um but yeah what's the deal with that was there no real proof yeah, I'm definitely people saying i'm doing fucking eight figures i'm doing nine figures i'm doing <laughs> it's like shut the fuck up you liar and, and hey. do you know what just because he's written a book we believe him i don't know he might be telling the truth what i'm saying allegedly he owns the biggest property company in the u.s but then again i mean i'm pretty sure amazon own more property than he does so i don't know maybe 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 yeah, maybe, he does, maybe he doesn't it all depends on the metric that they're using to measure this stuff, right? It's like, yeah, I've, I'm like the most successful, and as well as like little asterisks, like the biggest single occupancy property company in the United States. So it's like, all right, so you got a lot of one bedroom flats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so you can kind of win by that metric, get to the top by any means necessary by making the the criteria as small as possible. Thing. Yeah, it's pretty. I, I mean, Logan's kind of smart, and it's a nice little bragging right, I guess. It's like we were. Um, I was uh, listening to your other podcast, Mike Martin asked the other day, and uh, listening to, I was editing it. Um, and I, uh, it said at one point, um, oh, I can't quite remember her name. And she was talking about how she was, uh, you introduced her and you were like, she was on Forbes and all of this stuff. And then you asked her, like, did it actually like do anything for you? And she was like, not a little bit, <laughs> not even a little bit. But it sounds good to say, you're on Forbes, so I guess yeah. like yeah. I couldn't say a second name. She had to teach me how to say it, but yes, she, she was lovelier. She was a she was a lovely girl. She'd done a lot, and and you wouldn't from speaking to her, you wouldn't think it. Um, very successful girl. Um, but yeah. literally, she kind of does that exact thing. So it's like, okay, I'm going to do this next, and this, this kind of it is 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 kind of a shout out for the one thing. So she'll she'll think right, I'm I'm sick. So. I was talking to a business owner this week who's very, very successful. He makes several million a month. He spends 250 grand a month just on, on paid ads. Um, wow. And I talked to him about his book. He's read it because he just he passed me a different book he said that I'd like, which is Yes, which is triggered by, and I think I ordered the book. Uh, it's another Robert Caldini one. I think I read the old version, okay. so he sent me the new version. And I said, what do you think about the one thing? Because I was reading it at the time. He said, I thought it was a load of shit. And I was like, why? He said, because as a business owner, you need to be able to do absolutely everything. You need to be able to do lots and lots and lots and lots of things. I said, yeah, but if you think about it, right, let's say you've got 50 things in your business you need to do. If you said, you know what, fuck everything. I'm just going to do the most important. I'm going to get it to the point where I can, um, I know it's so inside out and it can be streamlined. Then I can employ three members of staff to do that. Then I focus on the second most important thing. Then I focus on the third. So it's not about having just one thing that you do forever. It's about having one thing that you do right now that's more important than anything else that you're doing right now until you've got to the point where you can say, okay, this is now a point at a stage where 
I can edit, uh, I can pass it on um, and, and I can automate it. Like you just said the other day, Mike Martin asks you to edit in the videos. I used to edit my own videos. I used to edit my own thingies. I used to edit. So there's lots of sections of a company that I did myself to get to the point where I can say, um, I now understand it inside out to a point where I can teach somebody else to do it to a similar standard. I was doing it. So I don't have to do it anymore. Um, yeah. So I can get it. Yeah. I mean, and there's like, there's also a point of, with the one thing of being well-rounded, right? Because uh, you could maybe take it at face value and be like, you know, this guy's telling you to focus on literally one thing. And like, he is, but it's one thing at a time. Um, you could still focus on a couple of, you know, your your focus could be on one thing, but then drift to something else eventually after that one thing's good. And then by, after a certain amount of time, you become well-rounded. And then he you have like time a, blocking, doesn't he? He says time yeah. blocking important so you can focus on two things in one day but like whatever you i think the whole point was well whatever you're doing now focus on it and don't don't great example right <clears throat> let's do this i've done it with you before i might have done it on the previous podcast the first yeah. time I read the book when i read the wrong book i was super happy about it so if you okay if you count from one to ten as fast as you can one to ten okay one two three four five six seven eight nine ten so you thought I was going to say one to five, so you planned for this. Now do A to J. Yeah, I've, been, mate, I've been training. Um, <laughs> a to J, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Okay, and he's an English teacher, and, and, and he slows right down halfway through the alphabet, which is crazy. Um, now try and do them both. Do one A, two B, as fast as you can from A to J. Dude, this is going to take me like a calendar year. Uh, one A, two B, three C, four D, five E. 6F, 7FG, uh, 8H, 9I, 10J. Jesus Christ. That was awful. And that's proof yeah. of concept right there. That one thing, right, that we've just yeah. done proves the difference between when you focus on one task and you get from start to finish and there's no breaks in between the way your mind works you're just like straight through it um and you you have little automations in your life that enable you to do that enable you to switch from task to task quickly but that one little thing there let's say it took you three seconds to count from one to ten let's say it took you three seconds to do a to j but it mm -hmm. took you probably 25 seconds to go from a yeah. one to ten and a to j simultaneously back and forth by switching that, and i looked like a total donkey in the process too so a specifically was... an english teacher that couldn't actually do his alphabet was 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 the yeah, yeah. shameful really shameful i've i've yeah i can I'm, I'm already get that and, and clip it and just have my counts. students jumping ship as we speak <laughs> getting out of there <laughs> this guy's a hack yeah <laughs> No, but that's what I mean. That's that. That was the that was the little test that I put together, and I thought to myself, "This fucking proves it, man. This completely proves that multitasking is a waste of time." It's like, yeah, I know, I know you do a lot of uh, jujitsu and you love it. Like, mm. if you was trying to focus one day a week on jujitsu, one day a week on, on 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 boxing, and one day a week on, let's say, fucking some sort of kicking, I don't know which one, valetudo or some shit, right? You, you'd you'd never get really good at any. You'd never be a right. master of any. But if you just focus right, completely, well, Damian Meyer is a perfect example. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, his jiu-jitsu is ridiculously slick, training jiu-jitsu since he was really young. And then uh, you watch him. Do you watch his fight with Ben Askren? It was Ben Askren's last fight in the UFC, I believe. 
I can't remember it, but I'm... so Ben Askren is like the American wrestling version of Damian Myers jujitsu. So Damian Myers like a one trick pony jujitsu guy, and uh, I feel really bad saying that Damian Myers is a one trick pony. He's knocked people out. Don't get me wrong; like he fucked me up. But um, Ben Askren one trick pony with wrestling, and they matched them up in a fight, and obviously it turned into a boxing match. Um, until there were certain points where it did go on the ground, but very briefly it was a boxing match, and yeah, it turns out that the lesser of the two evils. Like <laughs> Damien Meyer was slightly better at boxing than Ben Askren, but it was a dog shit boxing match. Um, kind of fun to watch, to be fair, because it was like, they looked like they were fighting in an alleyway kind of thing. I, f- I think I find that wrestling is more important than ju- jujitsu in MMA nowadays. Yeah, because it's more about controlling the top position. Yep. Uh, and also the fence on your back and only takes a crack to the, you say 10 pounds of pressure there and, and you're unconscious it's like uh, yeah. and it's like that's not difficult from any position is it yeah i mean uh, the other thing i find as well is that wrestling yes um but there's also i think judo is the really forgotten art in in mma they often use the wrestling terminology for the moves from judo but they are almost they are just from judo and they've just come into other martial arts and these people like people say like oh khabib like he's an insane like he's such an insane wrestler he is he's an insane wrestler he's an insane grappler he's a black belt in judo but no one ever talks about that he he could we could talk about khabib like we talk about ronda rousey being like but their one thing was i mean ronda rousey's one thing with arm bars khabib's one thing with wrestling and like like you just said the guys that really reached the top of anything do they add the, 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 it's the experts in it. I mean, I, I think I put it in one of my books. No, it's not. It's one of my presentations where I where. So I'll give you an example. Back in 2010, I was maybe 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 2009, 2010. I was trying to set up a locksmith company, mm-hmm. um, right? And then uh, I lost like 19 websites in one day, um, and I couldn't continually afford to, to keep going. So I started trying to do it by a paid ad. It was costing me like 15, 20 quid a click uh, in the locksmith industry. So then I started focusing on SEO and learning to do SEO and doing all all all, all the mad shit that you do to rank websites and stuff. Um and I and, and I started to realize, fucking hell, I can do this really, really well. And I can I can get to the top of the uh, search engines and I can make loads of money and blah, 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 blah. So I was like, as soon as I kind of figured it out and it was like, this works, and it was easy back then as well in comparison to now. I thought, right, I'm going to go after fucking plumbing. I'm going to go after roofing. I'm going to go after electricians. And I, and I picked like five or six different industries. So I ended up splitting my time between I was writing articles about plumbing. The next day I was writing about electrics. The next day I was doing this. And I was doing all different kinds of shit back and forth all over. And none of them started to do well. And it was mum, she turned around and she said to me, um, what happens if you try and do everything at once? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, what, what's, what happens if you're trying to do everything at once? I was like, I haven't fucking got a clue. And she's like, well, you don't do anything right. She went, just pick one and just go for it. So I thought, right, you know what? Fuck it, I will. I listened to her. I cut out five or six different industries that I was trying to target. And I just focused on the locksmithing. And we got to the point, um, I don't know if, if it was about two or 300 subcontractors on a national basis working for us when I gave the business to my brother and sister. Um, they've now got about 600 subcontractors, but they don't make anywhere near as much money as when I worked for them because my brother's mental and he likes to <laughs> party more than run a business and i actually pay for all his servers still and i still run and pay for all his websites and everything else for him um and he just yeah yeah but the the whole point was i built this business which now doesn't it's its, it's primary focus is no longer locksmiths however mm. um it was for a long time because i was a locksmith that was the primary focus and it whilst i was trying to target three or four or five industries i was making maybe a couple of grand a month in each industry and I struggled to ever get past 10 grand a month. And as soon as I said, 
right, fuck it, I'm just going to do locksmiths. Within a year, I, I remember it in 47 and a half grand in a month after about 12 months of focus just on the locksmithing Jeez. thing. And it, that's kind of a living th- a living example, which, I, which I've lived at the one thing. It, it's real, it does work. That's what I was saying to you today, my, my thing over the next five years is to build one of the biggest SEO agencies in the country. And that's the only thing I'm going to focus on. I'm going to carry on running the software companies, carry on doing webinars and all the crazy shit when they fit, but everything's going to be built around the SEO agency or I ain't going to fucking do it. Yeah. It's like asking, obviously the first question you have to answer is what is my one thing? But the second is how do I make everything else that I do or have to do fit around the one thing and become like linked back into it and feeding yes. into it all the time. Like that's one of the key things I picked up in. That's in my uh, thingy book. Um, are you in, um, what's, what's my, what's the name of my book? The red one. Red in a one. world full of sheep. Red. Fuck you. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, that's the easiest one to remember. In, in How that, did you forget that one? All my book names. Someone asked me what the marketing book I wrote the other day was called. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Something marketing. By yeah, my Google it. But I, I mentioned it in there that, that uh, what happens is is people go on to these presentations and webinars and things like that, these sales presentations, and they get all excited and they get all like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this. And I was like, the one question you need to ask yourself is, how can I, right, if buying this now, is this going to take away from what I'm trying to do in my current business? And if you can't use it to benefit and increase what you're already doing, then fucking walk away and don't buy it. Um, and that uh, it took me years to figure that out because I just used to buy everything. I used to buy it all, and, and and some months I'll spend two, three, four grand on stuff. And Martin's kicking me ass like, "What the fuck are you doing? We're never going to use that stuff." And I was like, "You better wait it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so I, I was, I'm when I read the book. Obviously, it's talking about getting this 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 one thing, finding the one thing, and like making everything work towards achieving the one thing. And I kept asking myself, like, "Am I doing too much?" And I don't know. Like, I know that we we have like a note on work and relaxation in a moment. So we'll probably talk about it a bit more, but just like the way, cause I, I, I love training jujitsu. I want to keep training it as much as possible. Um, that I'm doing some really interesting things here at work that I like takes. Sometimes I'm looking up stuff about it at home. And also I'm trying to like write my own things and formulate my own ideas. And I also have to read and all of these things. Like, And you're about to start a blo- um, your own blog. I'm about to start my own blog. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> shame <laughs> <blood. laughs> uh, they, they won't find much on there right now so <laughs> what's the one thing yeah so that's the that's the I, I know what i know what your one thing is and what it should be all right your book okay even yeah. over what you do, I mean, me, me, if I was being a selfish prick, I'd be like, oh, you should be focusing on growing this agency with me at work, blah, 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 blah. But it's, mm-hmm. it's bullshit. The truth is, the one thing that you should make more important than everything else you're doing is writing your book. Because that's the yeah. one thing that's going to put you on the map. That's the one thing that's going to give you a proper future and a proper success. And 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 don't get me wrong, you could, you could in a few years from now, you might be earning several hundred thousand a year working with me. However, that book's still more important than that. That's your identity. That's that's your, your yeah. thing. It's one thing you love and you want to do and you've always wanted to do. And it's more important than everything else you're doing at the minute. And and, and other things, um, I hope it's not work, but other things should suffer over that because it's more important. Yeah. And I find like that's interesting you should say that. So I was thinking like a similar thing, but I also find that there are like elements of things that, that link into it. So like jujitsu for example the prob- that's probably the thing i do the second most after work um yep. and 
if I don't do it, I think my work suffers a little, but there is an area of diminishing returns. I know if I'm like really beaten up or if I have like a competition and I'm like nervous about it, sometimes that can like get involved at work. But a lot of the time I, I find it, I find it focuses me on the other things because like when I'm doing jujitsu, I don't think about anything else. There's something in the book, right? It's in this book. Um, and the saying in this book is, if you don't look after your body, where are you going to live? Yeah. Where are you yeah. going to live? So you have to anyway. You've still got a fucking fit exercising and the best exercise you get grappling. I remember uh, joining uh, my first MMA gym after doing stand-up for years. And me, I could not believe how fucked I was doing grappling. Grappling mm-hmm. is it's the best exercise ever. Yeah, full um, body resistance workout. It's, yep. yeah, brilliant. I, I yeah, my my legs ache my arms ache it's about time blocking it's about okay um, do i want to go on and become the best brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter in the world potentially no so if you don't then then it's just a sport to keep fit yeah and when you look at it like that work what's the point at work well okay at the minute i'm doing work because it pays me wage okay so then time block it so what's the most important thing in your life at the minute what's the one thing that's going to benefit you five years 10 years 15 years from now in my opinion is writing the book Mm-hmm. yeah so that that's one of the things like when i get the blog off the ground trying to focus on on getting a real time block regular content schedule is that what you would is that probably the first thing that you would you would if look i was on? you i would get up every single morning at six o'clock and i would write a chapter mm-hmm. because right. right the one thing is that it's talked about in this book as well is willpower and willpower is and it refers to it in the book as like a, a battery that runs out of energy it's, it's a finite resource in, Yes. When you first wake up in the morning, you're the most creative. You've got the most thing. Like whenever I've written books in the past, I will always get up first thing in the morning. Um, and I even moved all of my meetings, right? So I used to have meetings with my business partner, Martin, uh, early in the morning. And I said, we can't fuck that off. Move them to two in the afternoon because I want to get in the work in the morning and forget everything else and just focus on writing my book. And that's it. And I used to do that every single day. I'd come in and I'd do it. That's why I go to the gym first thing in the morning and I put my things on and I listen to my audio books in the morning first thing because I absorb more whilst I'm training in here than I would any other time of day because you've still got the most, you, you, you're fully relaxed, you've had a good night. So if I was in your situation now, I wouldn't change anything I'm doing or think I've not got enough time. I'd get the fuck out of bed earlier. And first right. thing in the morning, I'd get up and I probably wouldn't write a chapter, but I'd probably say, I'm going to write 10 pages. I'm not going to get up at 30 minutes early and do that. I'm going to get up at six o'clock in the morning. Like like um, Dwayne Johnson and people like that say that what they do because they want to keep physically fit and look great and it relies on the career. They get up at four or five, six o'clock in the morning and they mm-hmm. spend a couple of hours in the gym every day. If you used to get up every morning at six o'clock and spend from six till seven writing before you do anything else, yeah. then whether it's writing on your blog or whether it's writing on, on your book, but realistically, the book's more important. The blog is something where you jot, jot your ideas down and you put things that yeah. interest you on. That's I was hoping to anytime. I was hoping to get to make that into something that's like, uh, like it. it basically, what, what I had the idea for the for the blog because I was writing notes about these books every week, and one week I set myself a task to not. Uh, because usually I, I, my notes are really sporadic and they're just like stuff that I take whilst I'm listening or reading. So they're not very well fleshed out. Um, but this uh, well, this week, I kind of did it. But last week, mainly, I um, I basically put all my notes into ChatGPT and I said, make these into headings. And um, basically, it, it turned each into like key headings. And then I just wrote underneath. Like I didn't even use paragraphs. I just went for it. Um, and okay. I wrote on the heading and the heading was 
you know, let's say uh, uh, a heading that we've kind of talked about today already. We've talked about like multitasking. Multitasking is inefficient, let's say. So that's my heading. And then I just think multitasking is inefficient and I write as much as I can about how multitasking is inefficient. And I found that I was getting examples from my life and all sorts just coming out of just the organic yeah. process of doing writing that? on a headache. Time right of day was doing that? Morning, morning, of course. Morning. Yeah, morning. I completely agreed with the book. Morning is definitely, definitely the most, the most productive time for me. Yeah, it's, it is with me, mate. That's why I get in here before you guys. I get in early in the morning and I do all my yeah. stuff that I need to think. Like if I'm going to create anything for my website, so I'm going to write anything or I need to do email, do any of that shit. And if I wait till six, seven o'clock in the, in the afternoon to write my emails and things that I need to write, the shit. Uh, whereas if I do it first thing in the morning when I first get up, they're brilliant. They convert like crazy and I make loads of money off them. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's not necessarily the the quality because I've done good work in the day, right? When I'm like when I'm sort of, but the productivity more than anything is yeah. just like the raw just ability to get stuff out. And then, you know, you, if you're taking more, you know, if you're taking more shots, you're going to score more goals. So I guess that's where the quality comes in eventually. So, I mean, but but with what you're doing. Um... I, I personally would I'd make that your primary objective over everything else. And if you're tired at jujitsu, so fucking what? Um, get up at six and yeah. write for an hour before you do everything else. Then get your ass in here and do an hour's workout in the gym. Uh-huh. Um, and then then you've got your day. I mean, that, that you could potentially do that every single day. You could get up at six, do, do a thing, you get in here. I mean, I get in here at seven, so you're kind of better off getting at a different time than me. But even yeah, if you otherwise it's going to get very cramped. Yeah, otherwise you could get in at eight, and and you, you I'm, I, I usually get in at seven and leave at eight. Yeah, um, but I do that even on a weekend now. I do it every seven days a week. Like Lorna's like, why are you getting up at seven o'clock on a Sunday? I'm like, I don't know. I just really enjoy. I feel great when I come out of the gym. Yeah, well, I mean, there's something to doing something every day, like because I think they talked about Phelps in the book, right? The most successful Olympian of all time, twenty-two gold medals, insane. And they were saying that uh, when he was a kid, he didn't have, he, he had ADHD. So he really struggled at focusing on stuff. And his teachers would even say as much as like, he's never going to be able to succeed at anything because he literally can't stay focused on anything. And uh, well, eventually he finds one thing that he wants to focus on, can focus on swimming yeah. and trains it every day of the year, including Sundays, of course, when people are resting, because he's like, if I do one Sunday, if I'm one day, I get extra where nobody else trains because it's a universal rule. Let's take Sundays off. You know, it's not universal, but you know what I mean. Um, let's take one day a week off, a day of rest. And e- people even say it's important, right? Don't, don't, you know, have one rest day or have a cheat day or something like that. And he's like, well, if you want to maximize <laughs> absolutely like complete peak maximized performance train seven days a week gordon ryan jiu-jitsu the best jiu-jitsu um player in the world seven days a week like that's well michael Phelps said i feel that if i train seven days a week and everyone else trains six i get 52 days extra training every year that was what he basically said yeah and Um, if he trains full amount let's say he trains eight hours that day because i know that he did ridiculous amounts of i was speaking to a swimming coach when i was in thailand she used to be the australian swimming coach um, for their Olympic team. And she told me that um, his training was like actually cruel from what they'd heard. It's like, if he wasn't hitting the time, he would have to swim until he hit the time. 
So if you're imagine the more tired you get, the less That's likely true. you are to hit the time. So he he would just literally train until absolute exhaustion every day, like eight hours a day. <laughs> no, I feel bad because <laughs> I I basically got to the point where I could do three miles in eight minutes. I sent you the picture, didn't I, of the eight minutes mm-hmm. flat when I got it down on your so ne- uh, aerodyne bike, right? Every day it's on a um, echo bike, echo, the echo, echo bike. bike, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. and then I got it down today. Uh, sorry, now I do what I do is I I do it within five within nine minutes. So I'm not in a rush to get any lower than that. But before it used to yeah. tire me out getting it in nine minutes. Now I can do it in nine minutes and I get off and I'm not heavy breathing. Yeah, I'm like, okay, do I want to go any further? And I'm like, nah, I'm too old for that shit now. So I just do it in nine minutes. But yeah, once I got to the eight minutes of what I'm never gonna. And the only reason I got down to eight minutes because I think I got to like eight minutes fourteen seconds when I was trying my hardest on my own is I brought Cameron in. My, my little lad into the gym yeah. and I thought he was going to try and compete against me so I thought right I'm going to have to do my best now so I got on the bike <laughs> yeah. I was like, right, I'm going to do three miles first so I gets on the bike fucking goes as fast as I could for it and then he gets on the bike and he's like oh it's too big for me <laughs> so I waste the time that's so funny but I got me while he was here and I was like yeah and he's trying to talk to me I was like don't speak to me don't speak to me I was totally fucked afterwards but I did that's so funny well they say like there's a, a part of like cardio, I'm getting a bit off subject, but there's a, there's like a type of cardio, like your VO2, I think it's like VO2 max or something, which is like when you can talk to someone whilst you're doing like a cardio workout. Um, oh, yeah. And it's like, they say that doing that build, builds like a base cardio, which is as important as like sprinting. Ah, right. So you could it's because really, you're not it's, breathing properly. It's because you're not breathing properly. Yeah. You're actually your body's struggling because you're speaking at the same time as Yeah, it like increases your it's it's weird, but it's almost like you have to kind of combine both of those two. Like you have to spend the best people say that they have to spend a certain amount of time at a slow pace. And if that means going up a hill and you're like people wear those like whoop straps and stuff, if that says you have to walk instead of run, you should actually walking would be better than running in that situation. Yeah, because um, a lot of the time as well, if you're not eating right, you, you your running's burning your muscle away rather than fat. I started reading Bigger, Leaner, Stronger this week, which is a book about fucking sick. about losing weight and um, building muscle. And he mm-hmm. basically says on there, cardio is not um, not a requirement. It's, it's it's more based around obviously the diet and the um, and the, and the the exercise that you specifically do. Um, yeah. But so my, I'm not as focused now on on killing myself on the cardio. I'm I'm, I'm more focused on. But I'm not lifting heavy either, so like I won't go above like 25k on the dumbbells. But I'm doing like sets of 20 or sets of 30, depends how good I feel on the day. Um, I'm hoping that's going to work. And it just reminded me, I've got two books up there which I'll put into the gym, um, which are all about dumbbell workouts and shit like that. Just reminding me. Should we go into the notes because we kind of been on nearly half an hour? Yeah, yeah. We've, I mean, we've we've already hit some of these notes. So should we? Should we jump onto one that we haven't? Um... No, no, no. Jump straight from the top. Read it. We'll just. Yeah, we'll go from the top. All right, let's do it. Um, so doing tasks, not watching clocks. Instead of watching time pass, focus on one main thing. Like when the book says to focus on the most important task first. Yeah. So focusing on the most important important task first is uh, one of the things that really jumped out at me. Um, not all tasks have equal importance, right? So um, how... You said it how... to me today. You said... 
you could, I, I walk in the office and say, right, this is the most important thing we do. So A is the most <laughs> important thing we do. But by the end of the day, B and C are the most important thing and A doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was my, my critique of your, yeah. of just one element of, of, of stuff that we have to do. But yeah, yeah, it, it, it can happen. And look, I think that you, you said it really well that it's like to do with your high energy. And there is a really good correlation between high energy and success. Um, most people who run successful businesses, most CEOs are high energy. So I that, think, that's... right, if you turn around and say to yourself in the morning, right, you look at what shit you've got to do and you think to yourself, if I get this one thing here done today, and then I'm going to go home happy. I'm not going to think, right, I've got that one thing finished, but I've got 15 other things to do. It's like, you know what? Fuck everything else. If I get this one thing finished today, I'm going to go home happy, chill out, not even think about work. I'm going to come in tomorrow. I look and think to myself, what's the most important thing I've got to do? And then try and get that finished. And that's kind of what I do on a regular basis now without even realizing it. I'll come in and I'll think to myself, right, I want to do a video and a blog post and a bit of training or I want to do this. And when I finished it, then everything else is like, I'll just, I'll go through the motions and do bits while I'm sat here, but I'm not massively focused on it or massively even bothered. If I don't do it, I can just go. It's like yesterday I woke up in the morning and I was like, Fuck it, it's a nice day. I'm going to take the kids to see what, what's it called? See what? Sea Life. The Sea Life Centre. Yeah. But I'll take the kids yeah. there instead. So I spent most of yesterday morning running through these water fountains with my little girl. <laughs> uh, and she loved it. Another one. It fun. Uh, whereas, <laughs> and then, yeah, I didn't get any work until one o'clock in the afternoon. But that was the one thing yesterday, even if I hadn't done any work yesterday, I wouldn't have cared. Because I was yeah. like, that's, I woke that... up and I was like, this is what I want to do today. Yeah. So uh, what criteria do you use to like prioritize that stuff? Because obviously, like, is, is it I something don't. that you're like, oh, you know, like a Tuesday, I do this or like, do you or do you write it down before or do you just like mentally make this list? I get up in the morning and just I, I, I kind of wing it. But at the minute, like I said to you, my, my, my priority now. So the one thing I'm asking myself, my priority in the last month or so is is going to be is this going to enhance more leads local? Um, right. So it's all going to be about growing that agency. And I don't, and I think we're going to grow the agency by being the best we can possibly be for any clients that we bring in and not really giving a shit about anything else other than the clients getting success from what we do. Okay. Um, and then all the tools that I release going forward, all the software is going to be based around SEO and around stuff that's going to be used. So I'm going to be looking at what we're doing for clients and thinking, if there was a tool in the world that existed that did this, it'd make the, the job that we're doing for clients so much easier. And then I'm going to build it and I'm going to sell it and I'm going to also use it in the, in the agency. And that's nice. kind of going to be the, the one. So the one focus now is the agency going forward, but that's because when I look at it, I think five to 10 years success with that, if we've got 500 clients in five years, then the chance of them all going out of business all at the same time and leaving us is, is pretty much nil. So it gives us that long-term stability. I know we've got that with some of the softwares, but software is a cutthroat game. It's like somebody mm. brings out a gimmick. Yeah, it's, tech, well, it's like... a gimmick because people are programmed to be like, oh, the next new cool thing that I want. Like mm -hmm. millions and millions of fidget spinners got sold. And it's like, what the fuck for? Yeah. What people do because they like gimmicks. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I was, when I was freelancing my first sort of like freelance job, I started working for what well, real freelance job. I started, um, uh, I got picked up by this startup that were, they, uh, they had a really interesting concept. They were like, I was writing scripts for, um, there was like almost like an internal commentary system for video games. So if you're playing like a competitive game online and then they have like a, a voice uh, of a famous voice actor or, um, actor would come up and just be like, 
you know, oh, you nailed that guy, you know, like uh, an internal like uh, commentary thing, which was a cool idea, really cool concept. And the branding for it looked sick. It looked really awesome. They made their product look cool. Um, but the the focus of their one thing, I think, was a bit wrong. And I think that's mirrored in what happened and they've ended up having to change direction with the product. But the I think that they they were aiming for they basically they, they, the usability of it just wasn't that great. Like the, it, it didn't really work as intended. And because of that, obviously people were like, oh, it's kind of janky. So they didn't bother using it. And also the other issue I found with it was that they hadn't, it, like the legality of it hadn't been worked out first. So like to, talking about like prioritizing things. So they told their entire writing team, let's, we're going to write, uh, we've got a character, let's say uh, it was Duke Nukem was the character. So um, do, do, you, do you know Duke Nukem? No, man. Yeah. So he's like famous for being like saying like crazy stuff. Like he, he like swears and like talks about like kicking things like, there was a game about it. Years you probably don't remember it, but there was a game about it. I know. Yeah, yeah. Duke Nukem yeah. was like my dad played it and stuff, but I wasn't allowed to watch him play it because it was it was rude. He would just yeah. be like, you know, I came here to chew gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of gum. Like that was like Duke Nukem, and um, he should have got me to do the voice. But basically, <laughs> they uh, they didn't look at the the language filter in the game. So we weren't allowed to put things in the game that had curse words in it. So we had to write a script for Duke Nukem and we couldn't use any like words like ass or anything like that. Like, and it's literally Duke Nukem. Like it's really completely it's, toxic. So you end up just being like, ah, so well, really the, more of a mistake, not, 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 not the, not focusing on the, the one well, thing. Quite the game. I'm, I'm talking we, about prioritizing, uh tasks like not all tasks have equal importance yeah. was my point and like i think that they attach too much importance to stuff like branding and like getting eyes on the project like they they knew how to market it like look we got duke nukem and we're gonna do this whole thing and we've got all these streamers playing the game but they actually hadn't looked at what the product was gonna do and how it was gonna actually perform which they probably should have worked out first and then gone backwards and marketed it from there that, that was I, my opinion. Though. I was talking to someone the other day about a product called Zagio. You've seen it. You've added it to some of our websites. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two biggest players in 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 his niche are probably Rank Math and uh, All in One SEO. And then there's Yoast as well, actually. So those three. And and he wants to compete and beat them. And we was having a chat about going forward and strategy for his for his because you were talking about games strategy for improving his plugin to the point where more people's going to want it. Mm-hmm. And and that was the one thing I basically said was well, uh, you what you need is you need to score the content. And he's like, but we don't need to score the content because what happens is people put in, in a keyword and it writes you a full SEO article and they're ranking like a motherfucker without you doing anything. I was like, yeah, but you're not. The point of scoring the content is gamification. People yeah, get so, small yeah. wins every time it goes from a like, and I was showing, talking to Georgia about it the other day. She was doing some articles for me and she was getting like 70% and then she was getting 80 out of 100. And she's like, check this one out. I got 96 out of 100 on an article. And it's like, it makes yeah. people want to do it rather than making people feel like shit. I've got to do it. Yeah, and I think that gamification style thing um, is is massive. Um, and if you can make people get those small wins and make them feel like, oh, I've achieved this, I've achieved this, I've achieved this, then that for 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 anything that you're releasing is is mega important. We're kind of going off subject a bit here, aren't we? No, no. I I, I think it's uh, 
yeah, I think it's fine. It's all good. Um, right, let's shoot on to the next point. We've talked about this a little bit already. Uh, balancing work and relaxation. So sometimes work needs more attention, but once it's done, you can relax. The book talks about how it's hard to balance everything perfectly. Not hard. The book actually says it's impossible to balance everything perfectly, right? Um, yep. which time block makes, makes, makes sense. This is time blocking. Basically, what yes. you need to learn to do is say, when I'm at work, I'm doing this. When I'm at home, I'm doing this. And when I'm at rest, I'm chilling the fuck out and not thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Do, is there anything you do to like, do you have any boundaries to protect your personal time? Or do you literally I always just... Put the kids in, I'm, I'm in Mrs. first. So, so if someone pops up at home now, like right now, if I got a message saying something, I'd be gone. Um, and even like I was in Manchester a few months back and i was at an event not an event i was in manchester and i was down there visiting um a guy called james dooley and, and castra dash uh they're both real high level seos um and i was at their offices and then i got a message through that something's happened with the kids and blah, blah, and i was just like guys i'm out of here see you later and i left martin there and all the thingies and i just walked out and thing and then I'm, I'm and she's and my missus was saying to me you didn't need to come home it's not super super and it's like i don't give a fuck about work when it comes to the kids and the family so other than that, no, my, my, my thing is, okay. is my kids and the family. I don't really, as I've said to you guys a lot, whenever we make cock-ups and that, sometimes I get pissed off, but I'm always like, remember, it's not actually that important what we do. It's, mm -hmm. it's more important to us for us to try and focus on doing a better job than it is to, okay, if we cock up, it's not like, oh, everyone's going to get shouted at and, and, and bollocks because we've cocked up. It's a case of saying, well, it's not actually that important. Don't let it stress you out. Just remember for next time. And so... Yeah no okay yeah because that's like one of the things i uh it's almost like sometimes a bit of a distraction i mean i don't have a, a family family of a family of my own sorry that i um have to prioritize but obviously i have friends and you know a girlfriend and stuff and i want to those relationships are important too so it is about like the more important know. that's your life and that's how that's how I look at it. I mean, I've got a lot of mates who who are doing seven and eight figures a year in in their businesses, and a lot I've got a lot of them who, who are super unhappy because what they do is they spend seventy eighty percent of the time working, and they've got no time for the family, they've got no time for the kids, and they've got no time for. And don't get me wrong, I did it oh, for yeah. years, for years and years yeah. and years. I was working. 15, that's why you've learned, days, you know, building my first businesses and things like that. And I was stressed and I was unhappy. When we moved out to Spain, I didn't enjoy Spain at all because I was right. constantly working constantly and it affected my health and it affected uh, my relationship with my family. Luckily, my missus is one of them who's like, I get it. Like my job is to make money. She knows that her job is to make the kids happy and, and, and look after the house and do all that stuff. We kind of got our, our rules that we live by that we both accept and like it. But I was so stressed to the point when, and then in the last few years I've been like, you know what? It's not actually, but you've got to get to a certain point where you can do that. I think you yeah. have to work out at the beginning to build something that can sustain you being lazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah or focusing on other things yeah i yeah i can agree with that yeah so time blocking is what you what the sort of way that you you go into that where you're like okay this time i'm i'm doing this and then this then i'm going to forget all about it and move on to yeah. being with my family yeah yeah as soon okay. as i leave here I don't, don't get me wrong if i'm sat at home and i'm bored and the kids don't want me and missus don't want me to do anything i'll, I'll grab my laptop and, and and do some work but the second the kids are like come on we're going out or come on we're doing this or we want to do boom see you later i'm out of it you fully commit because uh, yes. otherwise you can kind of develop a bit of resentment can't you like i guess like i know yeah no I, i'm gonna stick by that i think some people do resent their their children and or their 
spouse by being like, oh, you know, oh, I just need to work or I'm working so hard and you're not, you know, and why I are you working? that can like ask him the question, right? why are you working? What are you doing it for? And it's like, yeah, because I want to get this to this, I want to do it. Well, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. irrelevant. It's, it is irrelevant completely when you've got, and that's, I think a lot of people, a lot of people do that in relationships as well. They kind of look at other people's relationships, like the grass is always greener and all stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it really isn't. It really isn't. No. If you're in a relationship and you're happy, don't even fucking look at anyone else because do you know what? I didn't meet my missus till I was 30 because I am a nightmare, right? And for, for me to actually find somebody who I could be in a relationship with and be happy would probably take another 30 years. And that's why my eyes would never wonder ever because I am completely not interested in the grass being green because I know 100% it isn't. Uh, plus, she's the mother of my kids, so I never would anyway. But what I'm saying is a lot of people can't help that wondering eye and they, they end up when they get older being the most unhappy people because they they're always looking for the the next like shiny object and they have regrets like i think chasing shiny objects is something that really plays into the feeling of having regrets and eventually like business and relationships yeah yeah and if you have like you can't have regrets like that is one thing i've uh, one of the main things i've learned from all of the books that we've been reading to be honest like especially the philosophy ones is just don't don't have regrets i got a voice message from one of my students i taught in hong kong and he was like ah oh, you know when are you coming back to Hong Kong? It'd be really cool to see. He's like grown up now. Uh, he was like, it'd be cool to, to um, catch up sometime. Um, I have a massive regret. I left the school that you were teaching at. Or, or I know him from. And I moved to a different school because I thought it would be better or my parents thought it would be better for me. And um, I've now like lost a part of me that I had at this school. And he was being super dramatic about it and stuff. And I was like, mate, look bad things happen to everyone things that are not optimal happen to everyone but just don't regret stuff like especially when you're like 16 17 years old <laughs> don't bother wasting your time with regrets yeah when you have a lot of change in your past you have to understand that life is change uh because it's a process around. yeah we moved around hundreds of times and the very first few times you used to regret it and resent it and feel like, oh, I'm losing my friends, I'm losing this, I'm losing that. But then as as, as I got used to it, as I was getting older and, and we just moved all the time, it was like I started looking at it as a new adventure and I started looking at it as like, mm -hmm. we're living here and now, we're doing what we're doing, it is what it is. So what don't, and you kind of teach yourself not to focus on the past. Yeah, um, what am I learning from this? Depresses the shit out of you, whereas... Just saying, right? Well, we're here. We're now. We do it. Like I think we talked about it in in um, one of the books previously. It's like if you put a dog in in a box, a dog's like, okay, I'm in a box, and it sits there and waits for someone to open it or waits for someone to bring it food. Whereas you put a person in a cell, they think about, oh shit, man, I'm missing out on all this out there and all this is mm -hmm. going on across there and everything else in the world that's happening. And rather than thinking to themselves, all right, I'm in a box. If I get some food in there soon, cool. If I don't, well, I'm in a box. That's where I am now, and that's that's it. And you yeah. don't focus on what's going on in the outside world. And I think humans do that. We 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 focus on what we haven't got, what other people have got, FOMO. what other people are doing, uh, not what we're doing. And and I think it it makes a lot of people very very sad. And and I think it's this. I guess it's just that's why we, why we are humans and why we've progressed as much as we have. But. The real truth of it is, is if you're always focusing on what other people are doing or what other people think or what other people expect, you don't actually ever focus on you being happy internally and you end yeah. up sad. And being, yeah, and exactly, and being like true to yourself too. Like if you, if you, to bring it back to the question quickly before we move on, if you believe that working 
nine to whatever like some people work ridiculous hours don't they just because they think you know this is gonna like you're working 17 hour days because you're like oh this is gonna you know this is what I, i need to do society is kind of telling me to do this this is what success is this is what work like good work ethic looks like and then at the end of the day you're like oh jesus like oh man like i've i've kind of yeah how many people in the deathbed turn around and say i regret not working as long as many hours yeah fucking zero 99 percent. i should have worked more yeah no one i wish wish i put an extra 15 hours a week in it's like no they don't they say i wish i'd have spent more time with my kids and my family because yeah i mean a lot of people die and and the kids don't even fucking like them like my dad was a prick the, yeah. they've, they've been brought up in these millionaire lifestyles in mansions with brand new cars they've had fucking massive ices with hundreds of or, or hundreds of thousands or millions in them and stuff like that and they don't appreciate none of it and all they probably wanted was that little bit of attention from a from a parent that that thought it was more important to carry on making mm-hmm. more money which and is a man-made up construct that doesn't really matter and even if you've built like a massive business empire that you're remembered for for a certain amount of time, the the ramifications, the ripples in the pond of what you did to by alienating your family, like your children will then struggle with relationships with their family because of like the if they don't understand about uh, like we talked about last week about trauma not being real, the natural state we both agreed is to be traumatized. But like the you know sometimes you have to think wait this trauma is my choice and i can just leave that behind but i like we agreed it's kind of the natural state to be affected by things that happen in our past and if that happens to the children then their children are going to struggle from the same thing and you might have built a business empire but you've built an empire of absolute despair in your family um for generations so yeah not worth it i'm learning so much doing this podcast you know mate for real um and it's a good point moving on to the next point because uh the things I'm learning are coming from a habit that I've picked up from this podcast. So good habits are key. It's not always about being strict. It's about doing a few important things regularly. Like the book says, successful people have good habits they do every day. And the habit that I picked up is a reading habit. Um, yep. And that has yeah, changed a lot of things. It's like I'm definitely, now I'm just always focused on learning all the time and it's great. And if you're listening to this and you don't have a reading habit, yep. try and pick one up. Yeah, mate, mine was the gym. I, I at first going to the gym every single day, right, and missing weekends was actually affecting me not being able to fuck, not not being able to grab a chocolate bar out of the fridge and things like that because I was using all my willpower to drag myself to the gym. Now the second my alarm set for seven o'clock every morning, jump straight up, brush my teeth, uh, have a wash, straight to the gym, and then I, I get back from the gym. Uh, but well, I probably get in here about ten past seven. I leave here about eight o'clock, so it's not a full hour, but that's no longer willpower. And since I've managed to figure that out as a willpower, I'm now eating a high protein diet where I'm cutting out most sugars and fats and shit like not fats, most sugars. Um, and, 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 and I'm finding it easier and easier. So once that becomes a habit and I've built a habit, I bought an app on my phone and I've built a habit of taking a barcode shot of everything I eat. So that as long as I stay within 2000 calories a day, then as soon as I get to that top mark there, it's like, right, you can't go any further. So it's becoming a habit where, where my diet's going to be that point mm-hmm. and then i'll add an additional positive habit but i'm right. not ready to add that until this this is nailed down seven days well, they, a week they talk about in the book one of the main features that I, I really enjoyed was them talking about the domino effect and i think that's a really good example of that is like you've 
the first domino is getting to the gym and it's not nice. And like you said, it was killing your willpower, but you started eventually after a certain amount of time, it becomes a habit. You smash the first domino down and then the next domino is, is uh, diet. But the fitness domino, the going to the gym domino is going to smash into the diet domino to help you push it over to move on to the next thing. So yep. yeah, um, 100% I weigh, behind I weigh myself every day now as well. Me too, me too. And I notice I go up a couple of pounds and down a couple of pounds each, each week. So, so I'm at 221 pounds right now. But when I first yeah. started doing this this thing, yeah, I, I've gone. I've been. I mean, been up as high as um, eighteen stone two twenty. You're such a tank, bro. Two hundred and twenty. Yeah, but I'm, I'm. I'm. Wait there. What? What was I? Wait there. What's it? Eighteen. I think I was eighteen stone. I'm... Yeah, I'm shit at stone. I'm actually better at kilos now since doing jujitsu and having to like actually like work out like weight divisions and stuff. Mate, I just focus my, on kilos. And my heaviest, I was 262 pounds. Whoa, dude. You're like Derek Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Heavyweight. Uh, yeah, that mate, is mad. I definitely wasn't going out jogging at the time anyway. But fuck Yeah, it. right. But now yeah, it's two twenty. We would have I mean, heard you if you did. I've just that's like made me feel good. That. That's like forty one pound. That's mad. That's such a big weight loss, dude. That's, that's a huge. kid. Yeah. That's a kid, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. Is that yeah, three stone? Nearly three stone, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Anyway. Yeah. That's a lot. But it's crazy how just like little steps can 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 do that. And that's what habit building, we we've read atomic habits already. Um and when they talked about atomic in atomic habits, atomic is the key word. It's small little changes are the things that add up over time. And like for me, like uh, if I want to lose, if I want to drop weight, skipping a meal is like the, is one of the most easy sort of actionable things you can do. It's just like okay, I'm not going to eat this meal. I'm just going to skip this meal. And it's really be better other to than being like small. That's high protein, and that way you won't even feel hungry. Like a tiny, a small piece of steak which has got like three, 400 calories and it's got decent protein. That'll probably help you lose weight more than actually skipping the meal. Well, I think it depends, doesn't it? About like what meal you skip because you've, you've got to fuel your body and to, to like work out and do stuff. And if you, you know, you've still got to keep performance. So if you just skip a meal, I, I found personally that it wasn't necessarily what I was eating because I was eating quite healthy. It was that I was eating too much. Yeah. Um, and I was eating carb-dense foods late at night. So I was like, if I just don't eat dinner and I eat what I would normally eat for dinner at lunch, then do, you know, three hours at jiu-jitsu or whatever, I'm fueled up for those three hours. I burn off most of what I put in. And then I can go to sleep and my sleep is so much better that I'm not digesting stuff overnight now. Cause I was eating at like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, um, right. It's really bad for you. So, and I did that literally like did it for like a week and I went from waking up at 79 kilos to waking up at 75 in a week. Jesus. Yeah. Crazy. What retention that though. Uh, water retention definitely plays a role. Definitely plays wow, a role. Carbs, you don't, your body doesn't retain as much water. And apparently there's, a, there's about fucking uh, several kilos of water in your liver at any one time. Yeah, but it's probably there for good reason. Yeah, but I mean, washing it out, me, I, I don't know. Fuck no, yeah, I don't know. I, do, I don't want to like hurt myself with it. I am trying to be careful, but um, yeah, it's I, crazy I how like a small step. 
I, my, 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 my thing is now is 200 grams of protein a day. Mm -hmm. So if I can get 200 grams of protein in and still have calories left over to, to I'll, I'll eat whatever the want or whatever I want. I'll eat a chocolate cookie. I'll eat, I'll eat ice cream. I'll eat anything. But my okay. protein do ice cream. That's 10% protein. Dude. Right. To, I've to heard there's some healthy ice cream coming out. Like people are so getting good at making it now. Every 100 calories generates 10 grams of protein. Meaning if you're on a high protein diet and you're on 2000 calories a day and you want 200 grams of protein a day, you could just live on ice cream. Scran ice cream all the time. And you'd be fine. What a win. What a life. <laughs> <laughs> ice cream for breakfast every Everyone's day. Everyone's there like having a proper dinner. You're like, fuck off, I'm eating ice cream. We went from good habits are key to ice cream for breakfast in like 10 minutes. Ice cream minutes. for breakfast every day. No, I don't eat till uh, two o'clock. I'm like you. I, I wait till two o'clock in the afternoon now. Uh, work days I do. One, during the week, I don't. I take kids out for breakfast and stuff during the weekend. Yeah. Love it. Right. Let's move on to the next point. So the main job. There is one main job that makes other jobs easier or not needed. The book calls this the one thing. So that kind of comes from the focusing question right? It's to find out what that one job is. Because talking about making other jobs easier or not needed. Um, I have the focusing question up here. Do you have a note of it we can put on screen for everyone so they can see it? Uh, I do. I've put it in the final thought if you actually look at it. There it is. Yeah. I, I wasn't scrolling past the final thought. I've got it now. So yeah. So this is the main job. Finding that one thing is all about using a focusing question. This is something that I think you're using when you wake up in the morning to help you orient your day around rather than having like necessarily like a to-do list or something which i'll read the focusing question out for the podcast bit of waste of time i'm gonna i'm gonna read it out right now okay, um, sorry, so the focusing question is what's the one thing i can do such that by doing it everything else will be easier or unnecessary so that is a question that you can post yourself in we both agree probably morning is the best time to do that um and uh yeah yep. set it up it. you can change this question about uh you know if, if you're focusing on certain you know e even if your focus is shifting onto different things um as long as this is like you're focusing on one thing at a time using this question is really good like what's the uh, one thing i can do in my business what's the one thing i can do with my family um I never thought this was important when I first started. I told you what happened with me and Martin. We started off a business together. Personal shit happened. He disappeared mm -hmm. for a little bit. And then when he was ready to come back, he came back and we continued working together. Um, and basically, this was one of the things he kind of taught me because I am I, one of them people who's always just like, I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this. And I was like a fucking headless chicken all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I remember Martin saying, now nah, I have to stop and focus. And he's like, if you want me to do something, I'm going to focus on this all day and I'm going to ignore everything else. And he's just always done it naturally. Yeah. And he gets some super smart, clever things done. And it kind of over the years, he's kind of tried to, to turn me into this same, like, like working the same way he does. And I do know that when I come in and I focus specifically on one, one task i'll do a much better job and once i get 45 minutes into focusing on it i could spend 10 hours doing something and not even feel like i've been there 10 minutes yeah definitely i i, I think that's it's something that i actually struggle with focusing on that one like main thing because distractions kind of get me quite quite uh they get a good hold of me i i find myself getting distracted quite easily so um yeah getting getting into like just finding a little uh space where you can just focus on one thing is great and i think setting is really important to it as well um if you are in a setting that has loads of distractions then 
focusing on one thing for a long amount of time is going to be very difficult. Um, whereas, yeah, I, I found that, um, when I had to work from home, I was in the past, I was really struggling, uh, just being in my bedroom and having to work. Uh, it's kind of like being in the same, working in the same place you sleep is a little like, I don't know. I felt like a Chinese factory worker, but like, um, the, um, uh, I wish we had that Sean Strickland video now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, but you know what I mean? Like I felt like, you know, sleeping where you work is kind of not a nice feeling kind of, I don't know, spiritually, but also the distractions of being in your house is really, really hard to focus on stuff. That's not um, this weekend, is it? John Strickland and and Adesanya. No, nah, I think that's in in a while. That can't be oh, this weekend. Okay. I'll stop can't changing the subject. We don't. We shouldn't get onto MMA with like. Nope. Go on then. Just you know. All right. So let, let's let's move on. Um, big tasks first. Some tasks matter more than others. The book mentions that 80% of results come from 20% of your actions. So that is the, the um, Pareto principle, right? The 80-20 principle. This is why I came off. Um, I, I remember reading this uh, by a guy called Richard Koch. Mm -hmm. or Richard Koch or whatever it is. It's big kicking cur, O-C-H-E. Um, or kicking cur. Call it in the real world. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> and I remember. Um, I can't say the alphabet. I don't know why I'm laughing. Uh, yeah, you can't say the alphabet. I call K's kicking curse. Um, right. So, but I remember uh, reading his book, and this was why I came off social media and everything else. Because he, he, right. he, the best book he ever wrote was Simplify, and not many people like it. And it talks about how to simplify and streamline a business and make it more like simplify software products, everything. People fucking hate complicated, right? Anyway, yeah. let's go back to the 80 20 principle. So, the 80 20 principle, this was kind of why I came off because I thought I can spend five hours today pissing around on social media, messaging people, talking to people, doing blah, 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 blah. Or I can sit and write a sales presentation, put up a VSL, stick paid ads on it, and it'll make me 100 grand next year. So it's like, would I rather spend the five hours on Facebook, chatting to people, helping people out, sorting out shit like this, or talking to people who've got problems with the software? Or would I rather think I'll spend that five hours out I'm chilling with the kids and thinking and not worry about it? And then rather than having to work 25 hours that week, I'll work five hours that week. I'll create a VSL. I'll put paid ads to it and I'll make hundred grand next year off it. Or I could spend 25 hours in a week and probably not make any money off it or nowhere near as much. And it kind of, it's so true. It's like webinars. If I write a webinar, it'll take me three or four days to write a webinar, but that'll mm. do us seven figures in most cases, yeah. not in all cases, but in most cases we'll make a million off a webinar that takes me probably if I was really going to town, I could probably spend a full week writing it. But for me to spend a full week doing that to make a million is way better than for me to spend 25 hours that week on Facebook talking yeah. to people or trying to help people out with, with tips and tricks. It just doesn't work. Yeah. No, that, totally. I've been thinking about social media and, and my, like I do spend a lot of time talking to people and part of me is like, mm, I don't know, that seems like a pretty bad idea. Maybe I should just focus on oh, the one thing, just focusing on if I'm, you're going to use social media to communicate with people. Because I think keeping relationships is really important. Like you don't want to feel lonely or isolated. When um, you've got missus and kids, you, your world's full. You don't need all the mother relationship. And I know it sounds exactly to say it. You, at the minute you're not in that situation, but when you, no. when you get to a point where you've got a missus, you've got kids or vice versa, you've got a husband, you've got kids, your world's kind of full. You don't need them outside relationships. Some people do. Some people still crave them. But yeah. I'm, I'm easy, me. I'd rather my relationships will be with people who have got the same interests as me, like SEO and link building and content writing and, and all that entrepreneurism rather yeah. than 
building relationships with people well, because I knew them growing up. Yeah, I think your friendship group does like refine, doesn't it? As you get older, like your the people you spend time with. That's another point in the book, actually, is the people that you spend the eighty twenty principle it kind of plays into this. Is the people you spend uh, you, your time with, you will see, you know, the it, uh, the, the the saying is you will become the, a reflection, a reflection of the people you uh, the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. Um, and they basically, and it, that's in, and that's also in my, uh, if you, uh, what's the book called again? I keep forgetting the name in my book. The fuck sheep you, I'm an entrepreneur. In a world full of sheep, fuck you, I'm an entrepreneur. I always forget the name of it. In that yeah. book, there's also a chapter there that gives you an exercise, which teaches you how to refine your friends. And it's very cold. When you read it, you're thinking, well, you can't really do that for a living. But if you do yeah. it and you follow it and you, and you stick to it, the amount of money you're going to make over the next five or 10 years is ridiculous. If you want to, if you want to be involved in, like as a golf teacher or you want to play golf for a living or you want to do, it's not just about being the best on, on uh, it's about opening the opportunities by spending more time with people that can open those opportunities for you. Um, and it's strategically doing it, not just thinking, well, I don't really like him, so I'm not going to spend any time. It's like, all right, well, I don't really like him, but what I'll do is I'll replace him as a friend, right? Once I get to the stage where I found another friend that's got, that can open additional opportunities or when I meet one of his friends who can, then get me into different circles and unfortunately it's a cold yeah. way of looking at it but it's true it has to be done yeah i mean and there's an element of being a bit that, like if you're really thinking about it then it can be a little sociopathic but i think it does just happen naturally doesn't it like if that's well, what you prioritize it's like that happens naturally and it, it, um, it's work isn't it it's like being a salesman if you go out all day every single day and you're speaking to customers whether you whether like like I, I might be jewish right i'm not but if i was jewish and i didn't like muslims right and i don't know if that's a thing where jewish don't like muslims I'm, i don't fucking care but they might not and i might be i might be a jewish person that doesn't like muslims but if i don't if I, if I was a sales guy and i had to go and sit down um and speak to a muslim client to try and convert him to, to a 250 grand thing for my work i might turn around and say oh i completely agree with everything you're saying about religion and, and all the rest of that stuff even though really you probably don't so i guess right 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 if you look at it like that you know you're in a position where you're trying to develop your life because becoming super successful and rich is great it's like if you've got loads of money life is so much easier you don't have to worry about things that people that have got no money worry about um yeah and and, and who was it who said it it's like it was some i can't remember where i got it from but basically um the majority like like People say money, money won't solve all your problems, but when you're poor, seventy. I think I said it, but when you're poor, I think it might have been Naval as well. Naval um, definitely talked about this. Yeah, but I added this bit on the end. When you're poor, seventy percent of your problems are financial. So if you can make loads of money, you've just cured seventy percent of all your existing problems in life. Yeah, with one stroke by just getting rich. Um, yeah. Now I can, I can definitely agree with that. I do think that there is a, a moral conundrum is that like if you if you, like we talked about this before it's like more important if you're like true to yourself and you do your one thing like because we you talked about me and job? how my one thing is more to do with with writing the book and Definitely. Uh, developing that part of myself but we also talked about what we're doing here and how we're trying to make that happen and i think there is like if i focused all everything on what i'm doing here which you advise me against I think the reason behind that more than just like making a name for myself so that I can create, generate more wealth in the future, that's an element to it, but there's a, an element of the loss of meaning and like my sort of like everything you do has inner. to have meaning right now. Like, I think you should focus on what you're doing here whilst you're here, but I think you should focus yeah. on, 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 on writing your book 
when you're not yeah. here. My my point on that was going to be that the like I think maybe it was just your example like the religious thing. I think that if you're like if you uh, are like consistently breaking your own internal moral code that's why to achieve an ends salesman working for a company because if you're working, yeah if i'm working for right let's say i'm what are them people called that have bald heads that don't like any other races other than white white supremacist type people white yeah? supremacist. if i'm yeah, a white supremacist ed. right and i i hate every other race on the planet right and and mm-hmm. i've got swastikas on my arms and all the rest of it but during the week yeah. Right during the week, I work for let's say HSBC, and and I have to I I have to go out and I have to meet specific clients every single week. And some of these clients are paying two, three, four, five hundred grand a year, right? Yeah. To, to a business that now I'm unfortunately you have to switch off your personal self and become that corporate thing for that particular. Otherwise, you destroy your whole right. life. So, but, so but you're is, a hypocrite. No, I know if you but, do that, but everybody's a hypocrite. Right, you go and work. You go and get a job as a retail person behind a counter in a shop, and somebody's being an absolute prick with you. Right, you're still going to be nice to them. You have to be nice to them. Why? Because that's your job. And if you have to sell to somebody, then that's your job. And if if your job if if your job involves that, or if your job involves making friends with people who are higher up the ladder in the one thing that you want to do for for your future to make you really really happy, I would rather be a hypocrite doing that befriending right. people that are further up the ladder than me than I would going working for HSBC and having to go against my beliefs if I had really strong beliefs on a certain subject. But if I was in a situation where I had to go and get a nine to five job, then I would go and get a nine to five job working for any company and I'd say exactly what needed to be said for me to actually do my job, whether I agreed with it or not, because at that time of the day, I am being paid to convert clients for that business to for their for their thing and that's what they pay me to do and i'm going to do that to my best of my ability whether i believe in it personally or not you can't you've got to learn to split the two you have to unfortunately and that, yeah my chapter in my book explains it better yeah no worries i i just think that there, there's a, like a an argument to like the kind of existential misery that you can get from breaking your own sort of like moral code it's like well you know you you Let's say that you, what your your one thing your your goal is to to um, enrich the lives of people in Papua New Guinea, and you're like, great. So I I really want to like make loads of money so that I can enrich these people's lives and make them better. But your like job would involve you. I don't know, like it, exploiting a huge amount of child labor in this particular you, thing, and you know there's child labor going on, and you're like, different than what I'm on about. Isn't it, isn't it like oh, a moral conundrum? No, because it's acting. It's, it's the same as acting. If 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 I if I go and act as a vampire who wants to kill everybody in a film, it doesn't mean I physically believe that. If I go meet a client, I have to sit down and pretend that I right, believe right, right, right. to convert them. It's just Aha. acting. Same situation. It doesn't mean I believe it. It means okay. I want to get a certain situation to a certain point. It's like, have you ever worked in retail? Mm-hmm. And have you ever been nice to a customer who you wanted to punch in the mouth? Mate, pretty much ninety percent of the time I worked in retail and comes with the territory. You you were pissed off about it, but you had to do yeah. what had to be done for that particular role. And that particular role is that it's the exact same thing. It, it's like an acting. It's like a position is is as an actor. Unfortunately, you have to. Do, but if you can segregate yourself and say, right, whilst I'm here doing what I'm doing now, I am acting. Okay, and then when I go home and I'm with my family, that's the real person. And what the the other thing is, ninety nine point nine percent of people anyway. A fake as fuck and you don't meet the real person during the day like i yeah. I, I i've i've 
over the years ended up being my real self over advice from lots and lots of people who I've worked with, including my business partner saying to me, Mike, you shouldn't swear a lot. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And I was like, mate, if I can't yeah. be me, fuck it. I'm not asked anymore. I've worked yeah. hard over the last 20 years or whatever it's been to be able to do what the fuck I want when I want and not give a right, shit. Right. Okay. And so you feel like maybe that's something that you earn through having to like suppress for a while. I'm just not bothered anymore. I just don't care anymore. You get to a point in life where you just don't give a shit anymore. But I yeah. think that if, 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 if everything else got to the point now, like I've got a family, a missus and kids at home, right? And if I had to pay the mortgage, pay the bills and do all the other stuff, and I was some, some white supremacist or something like, I'm trying to think of something really bad that you wouldn't want to be. But if I was, yeah. and I had to go out and physically work for a company doing sales to people that I didn't want to be with because I was... um having to bring in money for the family, then I wouldn't see that as uh, intruding on my beliefs. I would see that as whilst I'm being paid X amount per hour to do X, that's me acting as the person that they want me to specifically be because I've got the skills and the ability to be that person. And then when I leave, I'll be myself mm. again. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, I think was you were looking at it as like a bad person doing something that compromises their Anyone they're, doing anything that compromises. bad. Yeah. Well, because my thought is like there's a there's a poem in school vultures, and it's about uh how um some like a an animal like a vulture, which is normally seen as like a pretty disgusting thing, um like there's a it paints an image of two vultures on a branch like cuddling into each other because it's cold and raining, and it's like that's like beautiful, but it's like a disgusting animal that's doing it. So the other example they give in the poem is a camp guard in a in a um, concentration camp getting uh, buying chocolate to give to their child and like hu hugging and holding their child and asking their child about that day and, and it's like you know the, the the camp guard is doing something like pretty horrific or if you got and, a vulture cuddling yeah. a mouse and it's like i'm not gonna eat you because i'm freezing and then later on it eats it yeah Maybe. i don't know my my point was just that, that there are there is like a slight moral conundrum with that and it goes in hand in hand with happiness i know what you mean though there is a nuance to it where it's like everybody does it every yeah. single day every yeah single day. we we are all hypocrites that is you are definitely right you're definitely if right I, I just think that like to reception now and i said to her oh I need, you need to do this or you need to do that or i started saying i started kicking off morning about the car park the first thing she'd want to do is tell me to go fuck myself but yeah. the thing she would do was she would try and help me even if I, mean, I was being an asshole because I spend tens of thousands a year um, on on the offices here. Yeah. Um, so I, I think everybody, every single person does it for their work role. They got, most people go home and bitch and moan about their life at work because they're not happy. Yeah. But they still go to work and they put that face on and be that person. What I'm saying is what we were talking about earlier is the five people, you, you, you are the five people or, or the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if mm -hmm. you're going to spend time with people, then you want to try and spend time with people who are the most successful they possibly can be at what it is you want to do going forward. Because eventually what will happen is you'll be surrounded by so many successful people that are doing what you want to do that you'll be able to choose the people that you like being friends with over the people that you um, have strategically paired yourself up with for your future and you'll still be in a better situation. So it's a case of short-term Ben, uh, negative for the long-term benefits because eventually once you're at the top of that industry the people that you do like will want to be friends with you mm -hmm. because you're at the top of that industry doing what it is they like and they want i know a lot of guys that a lot of people dislike um but they still invite them to all of their events and they still speak at a lot of events and they still get invited to lots of different things and the reason they do that is because they're so far up in the industry that they're in 
that people yeah. kissed their, absolutely kissed their asses because of it. And yet, if they weren't as far up as they are, not one single person in that industry would probably ever speak to them. And if they fell flat on the face, everyone would be like, ha, 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 that happened to you because you're a prick. And they probably mm. wouldn't speak to them again. But these people in the industries that I'm in are all making millions every single year and they're still nice to those individuals because they're even higher than they are. They're like the eight-figure clan or whatever. Um, yeah. So you kind of, you, you, everybody does it. But if you do it strategically, yeah, then 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 you're just playing the game better like like not doing it strategically is is just it means oh well i'm not doing it strategically because i wouldn't want to morally do that well, that's just fucking stupid you want to do it strategically you want to strategically put yourself in the best position you possibly can and if you have to suffer a little bit or put it with people you don't like then so what yeah i definitely think that that's that i i can yeah i agree with that that you have to suffer certain things that you don't necessarily agree with to to make a make an end i just my my point was that there is a limit on that i think personally and i was just interested in i was i was that's why i was kind of speculating on was like where is the limit to that like you know i don't know because there was a there was a test on years ago i don't think anyone knows i think it is a a personal thing isn't it it's like where you draw your line because what you were saying about religious people there is a lot of religious people that would draw their line there and that would give them because for them the business isn't the important thing if they believe in eternal life they're like i'm not giving up my chance of eternal life for the chance of making some extra money so it is all about like what your end goal priority is and think um, about the concentration camps right do you think every single uh soldier or guard that worked at those places enjoyed being sick twisted evil bastards and putting poor innocent families women children to death no but authority yeah and they all went off and they did it every single day um and that's the same all all like we're talking to to a much larger scale there because i used it because it was thinking but even every single day in school do you think every single teacher that's in school wants to to shout at children tell a child off or whatever it is they definitely not definitely not so we all do it. Every single person does it. They just yeah. a lot of people don't see it as that because oh well, I've got no choice because I'm at work. The Mildrum's test, Mil- Mildrum, Milgram, Milgram's Milgram. test was where they electrocuted people, and because yeah. they had somebody in a white coat telling them to do it, they just went on and pretty much every single person they would have almost killed the people that they were electrocuting. Whereas yeah. when they got the other participant to tell them to do it, and the person in the white coat to tell them to stop, nearly everybody stopped and never went any further, and that was because that little tiny thing of authority. Yeah, such a big hold on us because of the way we're brought up. Um, we're taught to respect our parents, our teachers, our doctors, uh, anyone who's got a fucking letters after the name has more respect, and and or actors and people who have been successful in life. So that authority is 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 really drilled into human beings, which uh, enables people of uh, who are up at the top of any game to really take the piss and really use people. Um, Definitely, whether with the able- with the teaching example. I'm- um, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it because we do need to we need to hustle through a few of these. But the uh, the teaching example, the is an interesting point is that sometimes like yelling at a child, for example, I I do not want to yell at children. Like so, sometimes you you have to you know be assertive and raise your voice with people that are taking the piss. It's, that's basic assertiveness and weaponizing aggression in a healthy way. But um, I think there's a point where you don't want to yell at a child, but if you, my, the first person who taught me teaching, I'm not, still not sure if I agree with this ethically, but it's an interesting point, I think, is that say you've got a class of kids and they have a tendency to get out of control and they can take the piss. And 
um, you set the ground rules. All right, no, this is not acceptable. Like the next person that that talks is your last warning. The next person is getting in, like big shit. And um, they, you know, someone talks in the class. If it's a student you like, this is a horrible situation because you really like the student and you know they're not a bad kid. They're just part of the crowd and they've got swept up in the, you know, we're all taking the piss. Everyone's been in a class knows this feeling. Um, and my the the lady who's instructing me told me you make an example of that child in front of the rest of the class, like you you scream at that child in front of the rest of the class. And then the reason she said doing that is not nice, but and it will feel bad. And I felt absolutely awful because I did it because she told me to. Um, uh, was that after I did that, the rest of the class were like, "Oh fuck, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't want to be that kid. <laughs> I don't want to mess up again." And what it did by doing that is that everyone in the class started to behave generally better and their performance in class improved because of that. So as a teacher, your job is your depends what you think your primary objective is. If it is that every child leaves your class, like feeling like, Oh, you know, my, my teacher's very, very kind, but they don't leave the class thinking that they leave the class thinking, wow, my teacher's an absolute pushover. I can do what I want. Whereas the primary goal of the teacher is to teach and make the children achieve academically. So it's trying to like balance those things, right? You shouted at a kid. I did. Because you was told to. I busted his ass. It's not good. Would you have caned that child had you been told to? No. Because in the 70s in the the UK, basically, that was what used to happen is is it was common practice that if a child thing is, it's like, right, boom, getting caned, you're getting whipped with a cane. So the kids was well-behaved and they did more. But the reason the teachers did it, not all teachers wanted to cane kids, but all teachers no, did not. cane kids because that's what they were told to do. And then obviously now it's come to the point where it's okay shouting at, but yeah. Well, the research on the research on the caning is that it doesn't do anything. It, it doesn't inc- improve behavior at all. Oh yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it would. If, if, if somebody had smacked me across the fucking fingers or the back of the hand or the ass with a, with a cane, because I had been laughing in class, I would never laugh in their class again. And I think 99% of people would be in that same, or if I seen somebody else getting whipped with it to the point where they were crying, I don't think the kid, all the kids would be like, they, they would definitely I'm be pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I studied it in so, sociology in school. I'm pretty sure they, it doesn't like the data suggests that it doesn't actually make any difference in like, so if you I, studied that, I, in sociology, it might not have been shouted at a child <laughs> because you was told to, you know, in full well that chastising a child is the same as, well, no, I, the 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 thing was on on striking children. It yeah. was caught, it was punishment by violence. Doesn't improve behavior. Whereas, like, like shouting at them might it achieves the same goal without actually hitting them. Which is, if it achieves the same goal, it means it doesn't work. That's what you just said. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the study was on was on physical violence. So. No, but you just said shouting at them achieves the same goal, and you just admitted that hitting them doesn't work uh yeah okay i i think i know what you mean but i i i don't see yeah no no basically you said it achieves the same goal as hitting them which if right 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 right. well i I meant the the goal being discipline uh making them behave themselves Um, it, it aims at the same goal because they were obviously doing that for that goal but my point was that they weren't achieving that goal not Remember the... the questions what I was talking about the other week, where where I ask my kids questions. If they do anything wrong, I actually speak to them by asking them. 
Yeah. Is that the person you want to be? Do you want to do the, the uh, like, like that type of situation? Like, um, maybe maybe asking the child and i know we're going off subjects as always but i'd be thinking like i'd be asking the child do you think everybody's laughing with you i just think they're laughing at you type of thing yeah that's my that that is my preferred disciplinary method yeah um i i think that was the only time i ever actually like shouted at a child because i was like a week into the job and this chick was fucking horrible so i was like yeah maybe this will maybe this will help i'm sorry what what had she done what did the child do Hmm? Um, well, they were just misbehaving. They were just like taking the piss totally. It was just general. There was like 40 kids. It's a big class. So it's when they get out of hand, they're gnarly. I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And, and, it, and you do think like, oh, if this will increase everyone's like learning and make everyone better, then you, you go for it, don't you? you, you that, that was how I justified it. Um, but you but find one it it's you not my one of 100%. Yeah, 100%. A thousand percent. I don't want to impress, have they? So they, they, no. they well, they do. They have one person to impress, and it's you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's actually perfect. It's great. One on one lessons for children is fantastic. And it, in a perfect world, every child has a one on one tutor. I think AI will eventually achieve this goal. People will be able to have a one on one tutor um, in a box where the AI always asks the right questions and pushes the right buttons and makes them feel like they've 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 failed without actually chastising them so that they they physically want to do but yeah that ai is going to be awesome it's gonna it's gonna absolutely revolutionize some teaching and and vr as well is going to revolutionize teaching because like you'll be able to like do a tour of the inside of the great pyramid of giza and talk about all of the stuff inside of it without having to leave the classroom it's fantastic and everybody will need glasses yeah yeah Oh my God. Absolutely. Everyone's going to need glasses. Everyone's going to be like, what? <laughs> I've had my headset on for six hours. Right. Let's move on. Um, we'll, we'll skim through a few of these because I think we've already talked about quite a few of them. So um, choose important tasks. Not everything is equally important. The book says by focusing on your main, on your, the one thing, um, your other tasks become easier or unnecessary. We've mentioned that before. So I'm happy to skip on this one if you are. Yep. Let's do it. Um, one task at a time. This is another one we've mentioned. Multitasking doesn't work well. The book emphasizes focusing on one thing at a time. Yeah, you just watched me embarrass myself earlier um, by trying to multitask. And yeah, loads of people are like, yeah, I'm so good at multitasking. And then apparently they did a study and they found that everyone is universally shit at multitasking. Some people just say they're good at multitasking, but they have no evidence to base on that at all other than like, anecdotal yeah there's one time i can do this and this at the same time it's like mm, okay but the outcome was left I think was the, not the as good time you can multitask is like when you when you, you're having a shit and reading a book at the same time yeah That's yeah That's <laughs> i mean like having a shit uh, there's a point <laughs> in the shitting process where it's like breathing and reading a book at the same time you know it's like a bodily function <laughs> I agree. I agree. I've I taken the most information on, on, on the bog. Right. Um, energy levels change. Sometimes you're full of energy. Sometimes you're not. The book talks about willpower being like a battery that can run out. We've spoken about that earlier. Um, start. We both advise starting, uh, starting your day with a full battery, getting after the most important thing. And then you don't need a huge amount of energy um, when you're relaxing with and your the family. Thing that's taking so. the most energy, focus on that one thing and turn it into a habit. That's it. Yeah. Take the one thing that's taking your most willpower off you every single day and turn it into a habit. And then, and slowly, because if you start eating chocolate in bed, it becomes a habit, a really bad habit. 
Whereas if you say the only place in the house that you're allowed to eat, and it doesn't have to be everyone in the house, it's just you, is in the kitchen. If you make that, then then you want to eat at night. It's like, can I be asked getting out of bed and going downstairs? Probably. Yeah, make bad habits hard. That is one of the main things for uh, Atomic Habits, isn't it? Make bad habits hard. Um, this is a cool one. Uh, learn from experts. If someone's good at something, learn from them. The book suggests looking at people's successful people's habits. Um, we talked about this a bit when we were talking about like friends and the people you surround yourself with. I think that can help because you become sort of like a little mastermind. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think everybody who is trying to be successful needs some sort of coach or joins some yes. sort of mastermind. I think it's super important because not just not just where you say, you know, I've learned this, this, and this, but also some like an accountability partner. I was Somebody, say that, yeah. like me and David Casser do it with each other. Like David, David will sometimes avoid talking to me when he's not done what he needs to do in his business because he knows I'll give him a load of shit and vice versa, he'll give me shit. And the reason we do mm -hmm. it, except I always do what I'm supposed to do, right? But um, no, uh, no doubt. Do, and the reason we do it is, is simply because we're, we're good friends. And if I turn around and insult him, he doesn't care and vice versa. We get on that sort of friendship to the point where I can hold him accountable and he, he'll feel worse telling me he's not done what he said he'd do the week before than 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 he would from actually sitting up all night and doing it before we actually have a call but the next day and vice versa. So I think finding somebody that you can work with who's not you're never going to be business partners to the point where it's like we both work for the same company and we both do the exact same strategy. Like have mm -hmm. like me me and Dave have made multiple seven figures together. However, those multiple seven figures have all come from little small projects we've put together, not from actually working in the same industry. And anything I can help him on his business, well, I will, and vice versa. And I feel that that is kind of what has been one of my superpowers over the last few years because I've got somebody who, if I've got a problem, I know I can go to them and, and speak to them about absolutely anything and nobody else in the world's going to find out about it. And yeah. if he's also successful at in his own right at doing what I do, meaning I've got somebody that, that knows how to build a very successful business from, from the ground up by himself. So I've got somebody I can speak to that understands that where most 99.9% .9 of people, I've got no idea. If I speak to people about what I do, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think as well, the, the term expert as well, doesn't necessarily have to be someone in your field of, 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 of study or what you necessarily in your business, if that's what you want to do. But looking back at the example we gave earlier about Michael Phelps, like he is an expert about focusing on a single thing. And if you want to learn about focus and doing one thing over and over again, look no further than someone like Michael Phelps. So even I think if you're a good accountability partner would be a grandparent, I've never tested it because I never really knew me dad and granddad. Yeah. Um, because they're... yeah. But I think a grandparent, I can imagine if 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 I knew him proper, that, that speaking to my granddad about stuff would have been like, and I want to do this, this, and this, and then going back and speaking to him the following week and, and, and I'd not done it, I'd feel like, oh, no, because you super respect yeah. your grandparents, don't you? I mean, parents and grandparents are kind of accountability partners, but not necessarily for stuff like business, I found. Like, um, they could be, I'm sure, but like they're more like, moral or behavioral accountability accountability yeah. partners because loads of people i've found whenever i disciplined a child like say i'd know their mum well because their mum would come in and pick them up but the amount of kids that i would go i'm going to call your dad if you don't sort your behavior out right now they'd be like, please don't call <laughs> and like i knew their mum well and for that reason i was like i'm not going to say calling your mum 
because you know if i call your mum your mum's going to get angry she's going to come here and pick you up but if i call your dad you're going to get absolutely hammered <laughs> behaving like this and he's probably busy at work and he doesn't need that shit right now so yeah it's, it, it parental figures can be like really are fantastic uh, accountability partners yeah grandparents as well oh my god thought thinking about disappointing my grandparents dude makes you wanna makes you wanna tear up it's horrible i love those people right let's continue um <clears throat> barriers to success there are things that can stop you from doing your best the book mentions distractions like not being able to say no it's a very important point or having too many things on your plate um yeah so not being able to say no is a massive thing like yeah. huge uh, i think people are like people pleasers is the term they use for it right a lot of the time i've considered myself a bit of a people pleaser for it's something that i had to learn over time because as a child you're raised to be a bit of a people pleaser it's like keep your teacher happy like yeah. you know don't fall out with your friends because then there's loads of drama. Don't piss off your parents. Like do as a kid, you're told all the time, do what other people tell you. And Fuck you will, guys. <laughs> yeah. And you will do better. And then the older you get, you start to realize what you said. Fuck yeah. those guys. Fuck these people. And that's why old like, people are grumpy old men and grumpy old women. We finished last week on the same point that grumpy old men yeah. and grumpy old women have lived that long. They've realized that it's all bollocks and you don't need to keep anyone happy. Yeah. Except yourself accept yourself which is why my original point about we talked about earlier the argument we had about like compromising on your morals in order to like make a certain amount of money or close a business deal or something might not long term be something that's actually that good for you if it makes you like feel shit about yourself realistically okay, like an acting role and you sweet yeah that's but that's just uh diminishing your responsibility and because i used to i used to um i'm just like, pretending to be a nazi camp guard <laughs> no i used to be a, a wreck for a, an insurance broken firm in manchester right and, and uh -huh. my job was i mean i purposely went into sports and leisure which meant we worked with like strip clubs and cart tracks and things like that so i had great clients yes. it was interesting however um when i used to go and visit these clients sometimes like like i'd speak to the guy i work with a guy called martin um and which is weird because now i have a guy called martin as well but the guy called martin and, I and your surname is martin there's too many martins in this whole martins. thing yeah you yeah. need to chat gpt some new names new, new for people names. <laughs> there's my first names but yeah this guy i talked to him about and he's like oh yeah you can go on this meeting and like this guy's a dick right mm -hmm. And you know that the client you're going to go and see was a dick. And you know that you don't want to speak to the client because he's a dick. And you're really thinking, fuck me, I'm going to have to sit and squirm for two hours, sit in a meeting and ask him questions that he's just going to be a dick about. Like mm -hmm. questions that's to do with the safety of his staff and his business and and, 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 and things that could end up costing him millions if he gets it wrong. And he'd still sit there and be a bell end about it. And we'd be like, okay, well, um, so you can see I'm focusing on a certain client now, uh, but I'm not going to say who it is. But uh, I would be nice to him, and I'd put up with it, and I'd sit there, and I'd write it down, and he, I'd laugh at his stupid answers that was ridiculous that made me sit there two hours rather than one because mm. he tried to make jokes that nobody but him in the world found funny. Um, but what I'm saying is you had to do that because that part of your role was... And and it wasn't normally in the real world. If I met him in a pub, if I was in a bar and he was talking about like, mate, you're an absolute bell and go away from here. Yeah. But because he was a client, I'd sit there for two hours, smile, nod my head, do what he's doing, laugh at his jokes, leave, and then phone the guy back in the office and say, that guy's a dick. <laughs> yeah. 
We yeah, all do. There was, I know, but there, there, I, I'm sticking with this. There isn't, there is a nuance to it because uh, I think you can let yourself get bullied by people sometimes if you're right, but trying to do like an appeal. Two and a half grand a month mortgage. You've got three yeah. kids. You've got a job that you hate. You have to act like the thing all day long that you don't want to do. Are your morals then going to stop you doing what you need to do? Or are you going to think, I've got to fucking pull up with this shit? Man, I think it, I think it, yeah, I think obviously there's, that's a horrible position to be in. But I think you've been there earlier in your career where you spoke about giving up a job like that that you had as an insurance broker, which was a, you know, a, a solid salary and it was like security and you did have a family. You had a family at the time. Is that correct? No, I had a mortgage. I lost my house and everything. I I, yeah. Yeah. So you had a mortgage, no. but you didn't have a family. So family, the family is important because you are letting other people down and the family does become more important than I, you. What, to what a point. Was, I was sat in a room. There was guys who was probably about my age now, right? In the forties, you were directors, right? They were yeah. all fat and overweight, so that didn't change. But they were all fat and overweight, and uh, but they, they were all unhappy. They were all there 12 hours a day. And I, yeah. and I remember looking around the office and thinking to myself, look at the fucking state. I don't want to grow up to be you guys. Yeah, I don't want to be the guy that has to sit there in a suit that doesn't fit me proper because I'm so fat. I don't want to be the guy whose wife's probably getting knobbed off the neighbor whilst the yeah. neighbor's wife is out working for him and blah, blah, and all this. And I just like, and I just closed my laptop, chucked my keys on the thing, and fucking left the building and never went back. Yeah. And, and, and that's, my, that's my point. I lost I'm, I'm, everything, mate, off that. I lost my yeah. house, lost everything. But I created loads of different businesses and did loads of mad shit. And eventually, yeah. I did it. But if I'd have had a missus and kids, I don't think I'd have had the balls to do that because I had a missus yeah. and kids. But that might have been... But the thing is, I know we don't, we can't see that future. But my, my argument would be the unhappiness that that job caused you might have caused... I think there's a higher chance that you break up with your future partner because of that. They might leave you because you're mercilessly unhappy and fucking having a, a retreat into drink or drugs or something like that. Uh, your kids grow up to resent you because you don't spend any time with them. Like, yeah, you kept it together in the terms of you didn't lose everything, I would, but you I would, finished the race with fucking nothing. If I, if, yeah, but if, if I'd have had a missus and kids, I would have lost them by doing what I did. Because at the I got to a point where I I couldn't afford my mortgage anymore. Yeah. I got to a point where the only vehicle I drove was a big, massive twenty-one foot box van that had a, like a, a low back end. Because then I could buy things and move them around and sell them and things like that. So I they couldn't afford a car as well as a van. Um, regular like I if if I'd have had a missing kids, I would have lost everything doing what I did. So I wouldn't yeah. have done it that way. I definitely okay. wouldn't have because you your family would have my family would have suffered like crazy. I would have put up with it and tried to slowly figure out something else whilst doing 12 hour days, yeah. um, which probably never would have happened. And by the time I'd have got into my fifties and sixties, I'd have regretted my whole life. But yeah, my kids and missus would have had a good life because I'd have been on six figures a year. Yeah. And a decent, I know it's not a lot nowadays, but, but, but it's still even back then like, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I would, yeah, doing that, I wouldn't have done it if I'd have had a missus and kids. And luckily, that I, I didn't have yeah. missus and kids. I just had a mortgage. And my mum always brought me up to say, don't let the things you own end up owning you. Most people would have been like, no, 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 I can't do that because I'll lose my house. It's like, it's just a mm. fucking, it's just bricks. I don't give yeah. a fuck. Yeah, I get that. I, I think, yeah, I, you might not have done, made that decision and it might have been the right decision or the wrong decision. I'm in the end, it didn't happen luckily. So that's fine. But yeah, I, I think that that's one of the, like sometimes saying no is important um, to stuff. If you don't agree with it, like 
particular like i've had experiences in in offices i've worked in where the the person has the the office manager has clearly been a bully and uh there were times earlier in my life where i would be like oh my god they're, they're a bully and they're, they're bullying me and i'm just gonna stay really quiet and just say yes and then you know there have been times where that person has approached me and i've been like no like i've not done anything wrong you can't do this to me like i and and if i get fired then so what but i'm not gonna sit here and be miserable because you're you know a, a psychopath like go fuck yourself but if i was looking after children then there'd probably be a um be, be a uh yeah you know you, you probably know the situation i'm talking about as well so it's funny final thought. anyway final thought i've got a final thought as well um this week i don't have many thoughts so achieving remarkable results requires time and sequential steps prioritize with the focusing question that we talked about earlier to ensure success identify and act on your most crucial step so yeah Boom. focus on yeah focusing on one thing and then uh, my my final thought was um think big focus small was yeah. I, I think was is a good way of summing up what this book is trying to tell you just think big, focus small. Um, there's a there's a term in the military. They say aim small, miss small. I don't know if you've I've seen, heard it in like a few movies. If you're aiming for uh, an enemy soldier and you're like, I'm aiming for the soldier and you fire and you miss, you miss the soldier. But if you're aiming for a button on that soldier's shirt and you miss, you're still going to hit the soldier. So that's the, that's like their kind of concept. And it's like, uh, it makes sense to me because it's like if you're focusing on something really small, like a small uh, task, and um, it, you know you're still helping the overall. You're not trying to do everything at once. You're still helping the overall. One step at a time. Yeah. Everything one step at a time. Um, yeah. Next week we have an author coming on. We do. Very excited for this. Another guest. Um, really loved it the last time we had a guest on. So hopefully this will be great. We are looking at the Freedom Master Plan um, by Mitali Depakatha. And um, maybe we'll see. I will ask her. I'm very excited to speak to her because, um, yeah, she seems like a cool, cool lady. Certainly so does. really excited to read that. Um, and yeah. We'll see you all next week. We'll see you Thank next you week. Much. Cheers. Take it easy. Bye.